of speaking, make sure to explain where Appalachia is to the crowd. And that's because uh, several weeks ago, I was at a conference uh, in Vancouver, and there were many people who saw on my tag Appalachia and said, what's that? And I had to be, well, it's part of Ohio, and they said to me, what's that? And I'm like, I can't talk to you. That's, that's been one too many steps removed. Um, and equally concerning, uh, but much more understandable, folks who saw Athens on my tag and thought that I might be free. So I, I ended up drawing Ohio, a little map of it on my dash for the conference. And I was excited because I knew this event was coming up and I'd have an opportunity to sort of talk to the same group of people on, on my home turf. So welcome. Um, what my firm does, Free Horizons does, is we're primarily lobbying and advocacy firms. We do government relations for our clients who are primarily Appalachian clients with the state and the feds. And one of my business partners, also named Zach, uh, Zach Space, used to represent the region in Congress about a decade ago. So we, we've got nice federal connections. We have strong, uh, strong state connections as well. Guess uh, a small name drop because I know that Mark knows it. We recently hired Senator Jay Ottinger after 28 years that he spent in, in public service, just a name that some folks in the state might know. My job day to day, it really gets to look like this now. What I do is I try and find people who are interested in Appalachia, interested in opportunities in Appalachia, and then drag them down into our hills. And similarly, one of the things that I spend a lot of time doing is trying to connect the communities that we work in with the power structures and decision-making structures of the state and of the federal government. As Wolf mentioned, Appalachian Ohio, which is geographically about 40% of the state of Ohio, the by population, only about 20% of the state of Ohio, uh, is a region that has been forgotten, uh, underinvested in, has faced extraction, uh, primarily coal and before coal timber. Uh, but now today, we are facing a much more positive future. The region has cheap land, uh, a housing stock that is far more affordable than a housing stock you find in the rest of the cities of the state. And uh, as a region, we also are, hearkening back to the prior panel, getting our acts together and acting more in unison and more as a region that can attract new business, new investment, new technology to locate in our towns um, and, and to build you know, massive industrial facilities or small downtown mom and pop shops kind of from one end of the spectrum to the other. Um, so I've got a lot more to say on that, but I'm gonna sort of self-police and, and stop chatting for a second. Thank you. And uh, thank you all for being here today. Um, when Mark and I first started talking about what would be an interesting set of conversations to talk about the state of Ohio, one of the things we both agreed on was that we have to make sure that this conversation includes areas which have been completely overlooked because if we're not paying attention to them, then we can't support them, we can't be good partners. So what I'd love to throw back to the three of you is if there was one thing about what you're working right now that you want everybody who's here to go and be braggadocious about afterwards, uh, what might that be? Uh, I guess I have spoiler alert. I kind of told you what we were working on the Capture Research and Development Center. Um, so in October of 2021, when the Bitcoin situation got a little different in China, it created a lot of interest in the United States, obviously, for placing some of these data centers and Bitcoin operations. 
which forced us to really take a hard look at our infrastructure. I think we saw a comment earlier about the preparedness of the infrastructure side. We're listed as a transition county in terms of co impacted communities of the Appalachian Regional Commission. I would argue that we're directly co impacted. We have two former coal fired power plants in our community. We lost 600 jobs combined between those two facilities. Uh, my agency actually acquired one of those two facilities and is under contract on the second one right now. Um, we kind of felt like from a community standpoint, the highest and best use was something that we had to determine. We felt like we were best to be the ones to determine what that would be. And so we took the control uh, stance by acquiring the first property and the process of going under contract on the second. We actually now have an opportunity to conjoin both of these prime industrial sites to the Ohio River. We're situated on the number one inland waterway port in the country. A lot of people are not aware of that. It's the number 17 overall port district in the entire country out of 133 ports. There's more tonnage of commerce moves past area of Ohio River than anywhere else in the world. Uh, that's a unique situation for us. So frankly, until 2020, we got a designated statistical report. We couldn't really articulate that. We just knew that we saw a lot of barges went up and down the river. Now we can tell you what that really means in terms of data. And so our position to be able to take over these coal-fired power plants and show what the transition can look like from the coal-fired burning power plants to what's next um, is incredibly exciting for us. And I would be sleep free that every single day. So, uh, in addition to uh, Nice Mellock, which is my consulting uh, agency, um, I also work with Bright and Rick, who was up here before me. Um, I think one of the most interesting things that uh, I've been exposed to, and I think is a real interesting opportunity in, in uh, kind of our important state, um, is the redevelopment of the DME Hyten um, plant. Uh, it was a uranium refining um, facility in the 50s and 60s, it was closed in the 70s. Um, in, I believe, like in the mid 60s, that plant alone used more uh, electricity than Manhattan. Uh, and it has a very unique statistic of being one of the few sites in uh, the country that's connected to two different um, grid operators. So it's both Midwest, uh, ISO, MISO, as well as uh, uh, PJM, which is the East Coast, Central uh, Eastern Seaboard uh, operator, which covers Ohio. Um, and it's you know kind of uniquely uh, positioned to be a an energy kind of uh, industrialization uh, site. Uh, I am connected to a couple of folks who are more uh, closer to that, but it's I think it's just like a it's an interesting one of those like untapped resources uh, in the in the southern portion of the state. I'm sure. Well, it's a sort of a complicated question that you asked, well, um, and disguised as a really simple question. I, the first thing is, I want to meet everyone in the room where they're at, and I'm not doubting any of your intellect at all, but if, if you walk out of this room and you say, you know, the one, the one thing that I'm excited about is come out of nowhere after that shit is on that. God damn it, that would be awesome. And I'd appreciate that, and I want you to not overlook our, you know, our resources and our communities um, and the economic potential of them. Uh, more specifically, one of the things that I'm uh, passionate about and actively working on uh, in, at our firm is addressing affordable housing as an issue in Ohio. Uh, this is an issue nationwide, not a, not a shock to any of you. And I do believe, uh, sort of to, to Anne's point almost earlier on the, on the prior panel, 
that uh, we have an opportunity to prepare and do better than spend the first three um, I'll use some negative connotation, overrun by uh, massive economic development and, you know, uh, sort of the, what is now known as like the Silicon Valley area where folks who were originally from there can't afford to live any longer. I don't want that future for our state. I want our state to be a place where we developed and advanced economically. We brought billions of dollars of investment and, and strategy and, and future technology here and developed and grown it here. But I want that to happen in tandem with our state being a place where folks who have lived in Ohio for 50, 100, 200 years, they and their afford to remain and stay here, um, which is why, you know, that is a passion project for me, uh, and it's something that I'd be happy to talk to any of you more about after this panel as well. Thank you. And I just have one more, and then I'll just everyone we're wrapping this up, but uh, one, one thing which has been amazing is when I'm in New York, when I'm in California, when I'm in Austin, and I tell people that I'm in Columbus, I, I get that interesting like little look like, oh, that's cute, that's quaint. Um, and I understand it. And it's not something which I naturally knew. Um, our friend Ted's back there, he runs the Midwest House at South by, and so we work with a lot of different communities. Uh, but we feel that when we're in some of these communities, when we're in Coshocton, when we're in Logan, when we're in all those other places where there, there is so much civic pride that it helps us as people in Columbus or Cincinnati or Cleveland understand the way that we are sometimes translated to some of the larger markets that many of you work in. Um, one thing which I've been able to point out over and over again over the last year is the success that Athens has had with, with one really great exit. And, and there have been many, many incredible exits out of Appalachia. There was one which happened during the pandemic of something which the entire world needed. And uh, let, let's just say that within six months, maybe, a uh, hundred people in this community became governors. And the, the change that has happened, the ripples which have been created, have helped elevate the entire state from an area which we were not looking at. And so uh, in, in the last panel, Jack and Anne and everyone were talking about uh, their angel network, which is Queens of the Angels, which if you're talking to the National Association of Angels, it is sort of the, uh, the gold standard of what an angel syndicate network can be. Uh, and there's one now popping up in uh, in Central Appalachia, in, in the Athens County area. I would just love if we get a couple seconds from, from any of you to talk about how that is going to change the region and how we could build more of those in order to, to help all of our areas out. So, um, so uh, yeah, the Athens, Ohio uh, Investment Alliance is the uh, angel fund that just was created at the beginning of this year. Uh, it's a small fund, uh, you know, a, a very much a fund one. Uh, we, we still get in? Yes. Uh, well, I mean, uh, if you're an accredited investor, which I hope you are. Um, yeah, so uh, I work on the GIFLO committee, I'm invested in myself. Um, it's, uh, we're looking to do small, uh, you know, first institutional money checks, 50 to 100K, 
uh, into Athens and uh, Southeast Ohio regional uh, or regionally connected companies. Uh, we will do some definite uh, into Columbus area companies uh, if they have some you know, connection that we think benefits a lot uh, you know, to Athens and the Southeast Ohio region. Uh, right now, it's uh, it's looking like it'll probably end up being around $2 million fund, um, which is you know, a nice, small, uh, uh, kind of rural fund. We're connected to about 29, I want to say, other uh, small angel funds throughout the Appalachian region through um, the Appalachian Investor Alliance, um, which also helps us by running a lot of our back office. Uh, and so it's while you know our fund itself is fairly small, um, quite small. Um, you know, we have we have other kind of like-minded funds that we can uh, share the flow with. Um, and uh, you know that we can kind of uh, you know learn uh, best practices uh, around. Uh, it's a new thing for me because I mostly work with startups that are raising uh, larger, you know, rounds that are larger than our fund size. Uh, but uh, it's been it's been nice to be on the angel side of the fence, um, uh, a little bit more. Uh, pro, uh, yeah, more active, I guess, in the last few months. Uh, yeah, I, I want to know if anybody has any questions. I've tried to keep us right on time here, but uh, to answer Wolf's question and and add to what Ben said, one of the greatest challenges of the, you know the our region, the region that I work in, face is that we don't have historic wealth in the region. We do, but not in the same way that you are used to in the communities that you work with. Most of that wealth has been extracted over the last 100 to 150 years. What Wolf just mentioned is going to start rebuilding that locally housed wealth. And we're really excited about that. We're really excited about the opportunity to reinvest it in the region. And, and the, the note I'd like to end on, something I've been thinking about a lot, is that much like Anne and, and much like others who uh, you know, have, have gone on to do great things around the country, the Appalachian region has seen an exodus of folks who are now in tech roles at Google and who are teaching and running angel funds for private universities. We have a massive diaspora of resources that we can tap on and we're actively working on tapping into for our region for the better um, and also for the better of this state. Uh, so if you uh, know those folks, uh, please put them in touch with me. I'd love to get to know them better, uh, but also um, I'll just end with uh, no pressure, but any questions that anybody has, uh, we'd be happy to take them. Questions? We've been, we, we have this idea, we want to get in all the angel funds, not just Queen City, but I think we could, we could learn from Queen City. What they have, is, uh, yeah, they have, say, they have P and G alumni. I think you're gonna have to tap your alumni that diaspora. Yeah. Well, uh, I think mean, we see the exception is been helpful of of the Appalachian Uh Yeah, I meant to say that, but people working with so exactly they both connect dots. And we see angels already working with so far. Uh, so one of our uh, executive committee is Neil. He's actually a, uh, an angel the QCA, like he's part of the funds, uh, and uh, yeah, I've been managing Scott for, for a long time. Uh, so yeah, those, those are probably 
So I think we talk offline, but if there's more help and support, they think Jack and I can help to accelerate or apply when you're up to. And I think there's a big opportunity in Mars TV out here for us at that are be better I will say that when we first spoke with Neil from uh, the Angel Association of Advent, uh, they pointed out specifically how QCA was sort of the uh, brand standard that they were able to build on. And I know that the work that you've done and that everyone has is maybe unique to the region. Um, but without overstepping, I'd like to say that QCA helps foster what, what this association is. And I would love to see that extend throughout the rest of the state. And I know you're always open for it, but I would like to make it part of our mission, the Ohio Impact Fund, to connect those dots a bit stronger. Because if you can do for areas in Northeast Ohio and Northwest Ohio, what you were able to do for Athens, they would have such a great playbook to be able to build from. And I think it would just continue the legacy of the Gulf of Billings. So, uh, is it out? That was from this session. If we work upon creating a normalized Ohio network, disciplines linked together as closely as it possibly can. And, and let's agree, that you'll run for president <laughs> and, and we'll throw our support to you. And the thing will too. <laughs> They're flailing around with you. By the way, can we go all the back of your ass? you're alive. By the way, I think it's a barbell here. I think venture, you gotta, you gotta have a vibrant venture for your future. But you've got major industrial energy projects that could be game changers. And he's got a plant, 220 million that's going in here. I don't know why you chose Hannibal, but why did you choose Hannibal? Why did, why did they choose Hannibal? It's being co located with the. Uh, oh, because of the energy. Because uh, the energy. So, so they, yeah. Fortress uh, Investment Group yeah. you know, has a uh, you know, facility there that they're co locating. Yep. And that's it's, it's there because of the river. It's there because of easy access to methane. So yep. they are, you know, they contracted with other um, regional vendors and are capturing uh, methane. Right. Uh, that's the carbon capture side of what they're doing. And then the plant itself will be creating uh, a bioplastic. So at the end of the day, they sell plastic resin. And that's the thing. Uh, and, and, you know, we're super, super excited for, you know, the, the, the jobs that it's a 46 acre site across, you know, this. 220 million is one, but there's five bases to follow. Yeah. What I love is we, we, we met each other on Zoom, figured out that we actually live within a mile of each other. And here you are in Ohio doing something in by Marietta. I played soccer and tennis against Newark and Marietta and Upper Arlington. So it's good to be. I'll find it. I think we should do a uh, venture and I want to do maybe like an energy transport focus. And we could, we're going to do a Pittsburgh event, so we can either do a one-two. We're back in Cincinnati to do it. Someone earlier today was talking about, you know, uh, infrastructure funds. 
right? There are big, big, big global firms that, you know, like I've been working for the last several months in this particular project with Macquarie Capital. And, you know, they're, you know, dropping billions of dollars, you know, on a global basis to make a care about this kind of infrastructure. Sorry, they're talking about wasting recovery. And, you know, I've never seen someone fall off the chair about wasting recovery, you know, financing it, but that's what they do. We also have a site of 300 megawatts right down the road, so what we're talking about. So, well, and where's that? Eddie Bonaparte. You know, the big multi-billion project you're doing in Texas, I mean, ultimately it becomes cheap gas, trying to, then you, it takes natural gas, creates gasoline without refining. When we were talking with Lieutenant Governor, I think there's some interesting plants that could be maybe two, three, four, five years out. Oh. There's cheap gas anywhere. It's around I'll just put a bow on this session yeah. to, to quickly wrap up and say what we're hearing and what we've learned being here is that what Ohio does exceptionally well is collaborate between uh, the different arms where we have bureaucracy just like how everyone else has bureaucracy. But we learned from the angel syndicates how to invest in the venture system. And then the venture side learned and then share that with the educational systems. And the educational systems that we have in Ohio, amazing, I'll be hearing about that in a moment. Uh, but it's the fact that everyone collaborates without ego being able to say, okay, this is what you need, this is what we need, let's figure it all out together. And that's part of the Midwest modesty uh, that Jack brought up. It, it, the work that everyone is doing is moving things forward and it's all of your outside resources coming in that can amplify our efforts and so our ask is that you support what everyone's doing and then our promise back is that we will give you great returns to prove that you made an amazing investment on your opportunity so thank you all for coming to bio and thank you all for participating <laughs>join our 361 firm community of investors and thought leaders we have a lot of events created by the community as we collaborate on investments and philanthropic interests join us